0: To our new listeners, welcome. To our old listeners, welcome back. Another episode of Magical Education awaits you, but first we would like to say a few words. Nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. Podcast Lantern Three Quarters topic of the week is What happens after the series ends? <laughs> Hey there listeners, I'm Jem. And I'm Ria. And this time we're talking about how our ideas for what happens to the characters after the series ends are better than JK's ideas. <laughs> Alright. Hey, what else is new? <laughs> we probably covered a lot of these issues before in some of our other episodes, like what we wish could have happened, Mm -hmm. like loose ends that were never resolved, things like that. Yeah. But maybe we should start with like the trio and the characters Mm -hmm. that matter and just what actually happened with their lives post the series. I think we've mostly covered Harry and like by extension, the people who are connected to Harry. We've done episodes like, we talked about how we would have written The Cursed Child. A lot of that was mixed into Mm -hmm. like our headcanons for Harry and stuff. But I really Mm -hmm. wanted to go through... Like what JK has said happens to each character or the characters that we know about after the series ends and talk about like, what do we think of that information? Is it good? Is there anything that we disagree Mm -hmm. with? Probably. Yes. What would we Mm -hmm. have done differently? That sort of stuff. So immediately post-war, if we're starting with Harry and his friends, like I'll just do a brief summary of that. Yeah. So immediately post-war, Harry and Ron help the Aura Department round up the remaining Death Eaters. Hermione returns to school to complete her Mm newts. Yeah, I'm fine with Hermione going back to school. That makes sense. Yeah, that fits with her character. Ron and Harry's work apparently, like, cleans up the Aura Department and, like, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, so that's something that JK said. I arrange my information into, like, order of character. Are you going in, like, order of chronology? No, characters. Okay, cool. So yeah, something that I have here from JK is the Ministry of Magic was decorrupted and with Kingsley at the helm, the discrimination that was always latent there was eradicated. Like that's not, All right. you can't fix a broken system by putting good people in charge of it, but whatever. Yeah, that's, a yeah, that's always been her kind of really childish view of how things work in the world. Whatever. That's boomer mentality. Yeah, it is. Add women and stir. Oh, if we just had more women in parliament, things would be different. Well, yes and no, bestie. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it takes more than that. (laughs) Yeah. Like I I said, it. you can't fix bad systems by putting good people in charge of them. That's not, it's the systems themselves that are broken. But whatever. Yeah. So in theory, (laughs) all of our good guys grow up and join the government and that magically transforms the government into like a good thing. Gets rid of all of yeah. the racism and bigotry. Cool. Perfect. <laughs> Ron helps out the aura department for a bit. And then he leaves once the aura department has been cured of all racism and discrimination. And goes to his brother and helps George with his business in the joke shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like, I, It makes sense that this is like, it makes sense on a family level that Ron did this. But I always kind of thought it was weird that John, I'm sorry, not John. It was weird that ron went into business like well i don't know no i just think it's weird that he goes into he just basically steps into Fred's shoes yeah like that it was odd so i don't know why we're starting with john with john i said the exact same thing you tricked me i don't know why we're starting with ron but oh well i'm just talking for ron. yeah sorry okay <laughs> so ron marries hermione has two children rose and hugo yeah In his career, he starts at the Ministry of Magic as an aura and helps Harry to overhaul the department, but then after two years, leaves the ministry and helps George run the joke shop. Yeah. I don't like that for him. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, like, I get that he wants to support his family, like I said, but it's just odd. Okay. So, (laughs) one of Fred and George's primary roles in the series is acting as comic relief. Yeah. I really don't like reducing Ron's character to only his comic relief elements, which he does have. He's a funny guy. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I really feel that by leaving his serious job at the ministry and working in a joke shop effectively, it's like you're ignoring all of the more important parts of his character and just being like, Ron, he's the funny one. Yeah. And also, Ron has basically spent his entire life being overshadowed by other people, Mm -hmm. including all of his brothers and then Harry. And we know he has a lot of insecurities around that, which seemed to be resolved in the 19 years later scene. Yeah. But I, like I said, I really don't like that he is effectively just stepping straight into Fred's role. Yep. Yeah. That feels weird to me. Yeah. Like, Ron was the one out of the trio that was most ambitious about becoming an aura. But he mm-hmm. got fucking nothing. He got paid dust for that ambition. <laughs> like yeah. Everyone just paid attention to Hermione and Harry and their potential. <laughs> so it's a bit odd. Okay. So what I would have liked to seen for Ron is uh, in our previous episode, when we talked about magical law enforcement, we, could, we sort of broke down the structure of the aura department a little bit more. Yeah. And there's like a forensics division, basically. What I would have liked is Ron to start out as an aura, do his time there as an aura move into forensics because he's our strategist Mm -hmm. he's our quidditch not quidditch champion he's our chess champion yeah really really make a name for himself there where he's separated from harry because i think Mm -hmm. he would have been incredibly attached to harry when they first joined the department as auras like they would have been partners and all that sort of nonsense Mm -hmm. because it's like they're the dream team they're the ones who defeated voldemort together and hunted down horcruxes So I think moving him into a different section of the aura department will serve to separate him from Harry a bit and let him be more of his own person. Yeah. And then I want him to take over the aura department. Yeah, definitely. Make a name for himself in the ministry. You know, he comes from the Weasleys. That's like an old, old family. Mm -hmm. It makes sense to me that he would end up in charge of a department. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I like that for him a lot because I've always struggled to think of Ron's career ambitions. Like I mentioned, like his only real ambition that he shows is being an aura, and that's mainly because mm-hmm. his friends are interested in it. And also he's very interested in Quidditch, but he's not like he hasn't really got the skills to be a Quidditch player or anything like that. So yeah, not professionally. Not professionally, no. So like yeah, I've always struggled to think of what Ron could do or could be interested in doing and but the joke shop never felt like the right fit. It sort of felt like him settling. Um <laughs> No, I've got other I've got other ideas for the joke shop. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't. It really to me feels like in canon, it's like he follows Harry into the into the department, and then he's only there for two years. Yeah. Like so clearly, he was never passionate about it, mm. and then immediately just sort of falls into what George is doing. Yeah, never felt right to me. <laughs> yeah, it'd make more sense if Percy became the joke shop head runner as well, because Percy's like you know really he, well. Yeah, well he's had his whole reformation. He's probably done with the government now, um, because he's like, no, nah, I'm not going back there. That led me down a bad path. And he's got the organisational, like logical brain that he can bring to the business side of things, but no sense of humour. Mm. Um, so, George can do all the design of the products and stuff, but Percy actually does have a bit of a sense of humour, as we know. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I think that he would, like, you know, that'd be a good backup plan for Percy. That's great. I love that for Percy. Yeah. I've always thought of him as, like, going straight back into his senior undersecretary to the minister role, but now he's the minister as Kingsley. Mm. but i actually like him being like you know my blind faith in the government led me down a really bad path Mm -hmm. and i need to like deliberately separate myself from that and start over yeah Yeah, that's great i need to do something that's not harming people that's bringing people joy in fact Mm -hmm. and i think that would suit him well also he wants to help his family now that he's a more of a family guy because everything that happens yeah i like that as a yeah as like rebuilding the bridge between percy and his family particularly george who lost his other half yeah yeah i think that's actually great i love percy at the Mm -hmm. joke shop wow (laughs) Hmm. should we talk about i guess harry as our next candidate is we should have started there but whatever (laughs) (laughs) he's not important we talked about him a lot (laughs) we'll just go through the basics what i have for harry i've broken everything down into like married children career and then extra So Harry marries Ginny, his children are James, his eldest was born when Harry was 24. Oof, that's me right now. (laughs) Oh oh my god, imagine if you had your first of three children right now. Oof. Actually, even younger, because you'd be Ginny and she was 23. Oh, please. (laughs) Yikes. Okay, so uh, James and then Albus and Luna, we know those guys pretty well. Yeah, Albus and Lily. Yeah in terms of career he never returned to hogwarts he instead became an aura basically straight away and was instrumental Mm -hmm. in changing the department we've gone through this at the age of 26 he's promoted to head aura so after nine years in the department that would be and two years after Mm -hmm. james is born he's the youngest to ever hold that position he helped raise teddy who was mostly raised by his grandmother but spent a lot of time with harry cut ties with Vernon and Petunia, but kept in touch with Dudley and would occasionally bring his family to visit. Okay. But those visits were done more out of a sense of duty and they'd sit Mm. in silence so their children could see their cousins. So it was really more about the next generation (sighs) rather than Dudley and Harry. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Still something lost his Parseltongue abilities when the Horcrux inside of him was destroyed and was very glad to do so. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, eventually, James stole the Marauder's map and stuck it into Hogwarts. That's everything that I've got in terms of canonical information for Harry post-series. Yeah, we don't count the first child, obviously. Yeah, I don't care about that. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's not canon. <laughs> this is all just sort of JK's information that she released through her website back when she was doing that before Pottermore yeah. became a thing. Yeah. yeah, this is like what we found out immediately after the series ending. Yeah, look, I mean... We've discussed Harry as an aura several times. I think it is better mm-hmm. now that we know how the aura department works, that we understand that he's sort of literally catching terrorists. Like he's not, yeah <laughs> he's not like a beat cop. He's not arresting people who are homeless and stuff like that. He's out there hunting down actual dangers to society, which is what he's done his whole life. I still don't like it though, because it's what he's done yeah. his whole life and he's had yeah. enough chaos for a lifetime or whatever it was. But no, Mm -hmm. apparently not. I definitely think that it makes sense and is in character for him immediately post the war. Yeah, definitely. Because it's like, you know, cleaning up Voldemort and the last of the Death Eaters. It's like, this is kind of his duty. Like, this is his life's purpose is getting rid of Voldemort. Yes, And Voldemort's reign didn't end when he died. So yeah. cleaning up all the death eaters, joining the department, going through aura training and spending a couple of years doing it, absolutely I see that for Harry. Yeah. Like that is what he would do. And then I think what I would like is his first son is born at twenty four. I think I'd just like him mm-hmm. to be a stay at home dad. Yeah. Just said said the family. Before. Man. Absolutely. Like just raise his children. Like they're all born mm-hmm. in the next couple of years. He stays at home with them. He takes them to school. I don't think he... Like I can see him in the future, maybe considering getting a position at the school as a teacher, but not when the kids are there. I don't think he wants to yeah. do that to the children because obviously that would affect everything to mm-hmm. do with their development and stuff like that. Yeah, because he's not just a regular guy. It's not like oh yeah, you're Mister Smith's son. No, it's the most important guy in the world, and oh, he's our teacher and he's your dad. It's a lot. No. Yeah. So stay at home dad. Yeah. Then the kids, when the kids are grown up, he might consider starting a position at Hogwarts. That's kind of how mm-hmm. I like to see his progression for him. Yeah, my end game for Harry, absolutely, once all of his kids are grown and, you know, off doing careers and families of their own, like, once they're in their 20s, Yeah, my end game for Harry is that he does end up as Defence Against the Dark Arts professor at Hogwarts, because, of of course, yeah, like obviously. Course. It's the best fit for him. <laughs> of course. That's, that's <laughs> what he was born to do. <laughs> yeah. I think I've said before that another nice fit that I like for him is him taking over Florian Fortescue's ice cream parlor. Yeah. This is such a niche thing. But <laughs> <laughs> I, one of my favorite moments in the series is in the third book when Harry's just sort of chilling by himself for two weeks at Hogsmeade. Not Hogsmeade, Dagon Alley, mm-hmm. before he starts school. And he's it's like the first time in his life that he's like independent he's got yeah. money and he's not like living under the fucking hierarchy of the Dursleys or he's not at school and he's just sort of enjoying Diagon Alley yeah and something that he enjoys doing every day is going to Florian Fortescue's ice cream parlor and like having a rapport with Florian mm-hmm. and doing his homework there and stuff but then I think in like the sixth or seventh book he notices that Florian Fortescue's has been shut down and trashed by the Death Eaters mm-hmm. and this like makes him feel a bit sad And I'm like, oh, what if he reopened it? Or at least like funded it or something for a reopening, you know? He's got the money. I love that. Okay. (laughs) Here's my ideal for Harry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Finishes the war, joins the aura department, rounds up the Death Eaters. During that time, reconnects and probably marries Ginny really, really young. Yeah. Uh, Ginny doesn't want to have kids immediately because of her Quidditch career. I'll elaborate on that when we do Ginny. But after, what is it, nine years or whatever, they have James. Yes. Oh, it's six or nine years. Can't remember. (laughs) They have James and then the other kids. Harry having this moment where it's like, I'm sort of head of the aura department is within my grasp. But my first son was just born and I never had like... Family or parents or anything when I was a kid and god I want to give that to my kids and him being like fuck it stay at home dad hells yeah him spending the next like 12 to 13 years being like all about raising his kids then they get to Hogwarts age and they're out of the house for most of the year I think that's the point at which Harry goes to Diagon Alley and either either gets a part time job at Florian Foderski's if that's opened back up again or starts his own ice cream store <laughs> because he can set his own hours run it whenever he wants and like like he said that was one of the first times that he was sort of independent and happy on his own I like him recreating those memories yeah yeah I can see that I mean yeah he'd have a lot of that spare time like especially once all the kids are in school and he'd be strolling around Diagon Alley as a rich man and he'd like look at that old storefront and be like oh that's right Florian yeah, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put in the money into that business and get it running again. And like, maybe he's like not there serving ice cream, but although I think that would be kind of cute. (laughs) But like, you know, he's like the manager and he hires a couple of people to work Mm. there and just sort of funds the business and stuff like that. I could definitely see that for him. I think that's cool. I think maybe even earlier than that, like, I can't imagine that the storefront just sort of sat abandoned for like 20 odd years or however long it's been. Yeah, Like maybe somebody else started it back up and Harry just sort of gets in as a partner. I was going to say gets a part-time mm. job at the store, but realistically, like he's got big money and he's a celebrity. So I don't know if he's doing yeah. that. He could be like funding the store. Like, yeah, I think he probably he would have done that up. even earlier because yeah. like bring the kids along, have them sitting on the counter while he's serving out scoops to people. Yeah, Harry doesn't like know anything about business when he's a teenager, but he invests <laughs> in the Weasley shop And at some point, someone is going to have to explain to him that he's an heir to a potions fortune and his money, (laughs) his money isn't just like a static thing that's sitting there. Like he's getting investments. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe George will like if if Harry expresses an interest in like buying Fortescue's or opening up Fortescue's. George will be like, oh, hey, well, you know, you helped me all those years ago. Let me give you what I know. And he and Percy come over and help him with that. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Percy's looking at Harry's bank account and he's like, you realize you're earning money all the time, right? <laughs> and Harry's like, what, you, what do you mean, earning money? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Ginny's money? And Percy's like, no, from your potion fortune. <laughs> My what? <laughs> Uh, it, you have all these investments, and like, you know, you own the potion you know, the company. <laughs> Sleek Easy's Potions, invented by her grandfather. Harry doesn't know anything about his life. <laughs> so I think that could be yeah. a great help to him. So if he does that <laughs> while the kids are at Hogwarts, because, you know, Ginny's got her stuff going on. We'll get to Ginny in a minute. Harry mm. can't just be sitting around the house doing nothing. Although I do love that for him. Kept man. <laughs> Take a break. I love that. Yeah. Travel, yeah, you know? I think he, <laughs> I think he fighting. definitely he and Ginny do a lot of that once the kids have left Hogwarts. Once they're in their twenties and they're mm-hmm. doing their own thing, he and Ginny like yeah. not retire quite because how old would they be by then? They'd be in their like fifties like, or sixties, maybe. Yeah, early fifties. God, I'm terrible yeah. at math. So I think that probably Ginny's going to be retiring from Quidditch before then because wizards. Yeah, most athletes, Yeah, wizards yeah. live longer, though, and they're tougher. So I don't think her Quidditch mm. career necessarily has to end after, like, five years or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think she can keep going for quite a long time. Yeah. So that's sort of, like, a soft retirement for them. <laughs> that's when they can travel and see the world and blah, blah, blah. And at this stage, it's been a long time since the war. Mm. So some of that Chosen One stuff has got to be fading from people's minds by now. Mm-hmm. And especially if he can get out of the country and go traveling. It's like Harry can actually be anonymous in a crowd yeah. if he goes to, like, America or Australia or around... Just get out of fucking UK. <laughs> yeah, Harry's never been overseas, like, as far as we know, beyond mm. Horcrux stuff? No, not even then. No. Yeah, no. Harry's never left the UK, as far as we can tell. No, not that we know of. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised as well as... when they're both quite young and Ginny's at the start of her career in Quidditch, Harry would be going along with her to Mm -hmm. international Quidditch events and stuff like that and, like, travelling at her side. So he would get a bit of that in his youth and then, like, yeah, great retirement plan, just he and Ginny fucking pack up and travel on a world tour. (laughs) And then because wizards live for, like, 200 years or whatever the fuck, like, he's not actually retiring in his 50s like a muggle would. He's got to do some other stuff. So I think that is when he goes to Hogwarts and gets the Defense Against the Dark Arts job. Yeah, yeah. And he does that in his later years. Yeah. And what I especially love about that, first of all, it's the homecoming. Hogwarts was his first home. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, he was born for the Defense Against the Dark Arts position. It's what he's done his entire life. Love him imparting that knowledge onto the next generation. Great. He has the professional knowledge, too, from his time in the aura department, as well as just, you know, his personal knowledge from fighting the dark arts mm-hmm. all throughout his early life. Of course. <laughs> so, yeah. My favourite <laughs> thing about it is that this would be a time for Harry to interact with huge groups of people who don't know him as the boy who lived. Yeah. Because first and foremost, all of this next many more generations of children, because it's been decades by now. mm sure they've heard of the boy who lived but he's not the celebrity of their generation this shit happened when their parents were kids like it's over for them nobody cares about the voldemort war nobody cares about the boy who lived anymore this guy is professor potter to them first and foremost and i love that for him i love harry getting to interact with like classes and classes and years and years and years worth of people (laughs) who know him first and foremost as Harry or as professor Potter and Mm -hmm. not as his celebrity persona. That's what he deserves. (laughs) Such a cute moment in my mind where it's like first day of another year at Hogwarts. And like one of the first years comes up. It's like, hey, I think I know you. And Harry's thinking like, oh, I'm going to have to do the speech, you know? Like, yeah. yes, I, I was the chosen one, blah, blah, blah. But the kid's like, did you invent that new flavor at Florian Forsky's ice cream parlor? <laughs> it's my favorite. And Harry's like, I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. That's my summer job. <laughs> the ice cream parlor. It's trickle flavored. It's my favorite. <laughs> uh, the kid's thinking he's so cool because he, he has like partial ownership of a joke shop and an ice cream store. <laughs> he's like the best professor ever. And then one day oh. they go to History of Magic class and it's like, also he defeated one of the greatest dark <laughs> wizards of our time when he was 17. Oh, but more importantly, goat. Absolute goat. He, <laughs> he teaches Patronus several years before the curriculum demands it because he's a cool teacher. Yeah, yeah. They can all get that skill in early. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I love that for him. That's my dream for Harry. Do we want to do Ginny next or Hermione? Let's do Girl Boss Hermione. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, we know that Hermione goes back immediately after the war to school to attain her newts. She's the only one of in the course trio does. that does that. <laughs> Hermione then attains a high position in the Ministry of Magic, first through the mm-hmm. Department of Regulation and Control of Magical Creatures. There, mm-hmm. she continues her work with SPEW, working for the rights of underprivileged non humans, such as house elves. And then she went on to become deputy head of the Department of Magical Law Enforcement, Mm -hmm. assisted the Minister of Magic, Kingsley Shacklebolt, in eradicating old laws that are biased in favour of purebloods. And along with Harry and Ron, she helped to revolutionise the ministry ministry and reform the wizarding world. Yeah. Uh, I've also got that she eventually becomes Minister of Magic, taking over from Kingsley Shacklebolt, which answers an old question of ours that... Ministers, it seems, don't serve for set terms. It seems like they're just in charge until they get taken out of the position by whatever reason. <laughs> Circumstance, or they just decide to step down. Yeah, they either yeah. quit or get fired, but they don't have to get re-elected every so so many years. Because yeah. Kingsley Shacklebolt holds the position till Hermione's ready for it. Yeah, I, I kind of like... I don't know if it's my favourite alternative for her, her becoming Minister of Magic, but it is. it does make sense, and I think yeah. it, I could really see it happening. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I don't have much here that I want to complain about realistically. Her yeah. going back to school, obviously, of course she did. I love that Harry and Ron were both like, eh, no. I've had enough school. <laughs> <laughs> but of course that's what she did. And I love that she initially pursued her passion for like bringing justice to underprivileged minorities, basically, in the Department yeah. of Regulation Control of Magical Creatures i imagine she did some work with werewolf rights there as well yeah absolutely and yeah then eventually ends up in department of magical law enforcement and then beyond that minister of magic like yeah seems like a solid for hermione solid rejection for her yeah yeah absolute girl boss material you know she she did it yeah um. of course she went into politics she's got <laughs> yeah. such like a strict sense of right and wrong and justice like of course she wants to bring that out to the rest of the magical community yeah and do you think possibly first muggle-born minister of magic i wouldn't be shocked i wouldn't be surprised no yeah i'm trying to think of like other episodes we've done if there was a muggle-born minister that i could remember but i don't think it's ever mentioned yeah there's not um, one that i know off the top of my head it could very much be that way certainly there's been plenty of women but um she yeah. might be the first muggle-born mm-hmm. so yeah yeah love that for her don't think I have anything more that I want to add for Hermione, really. She has some kids. Yeah, she has some kids. Oh, yeah, she marries Ron and her children are Rose and Hugo. Forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, She's also godmother of James and Ron is godfather of James. Forgot to mention that as well. Oh, just James? Yeah, just James. The others have their own godparents. We'll get to that. I suppose. I suppose, okay. Yeah. (laughs) It's also redundant because, like... She's also I their aunt, so yes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. I think it's good also, Ron and Hermione chose good names for their children. Just nice, yes. lovely names, nothing to do with dead relatives. I think it was a good choice. <laughs> Rose and are also cute names. I love that. Great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah. Those two really strike me as names that work for your entire life. Yeah, they're fine. Yeah, good. Good (laughs) names for children, adults, and elderly people. That's what you want in a name. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Uh, Okay, let's do Ginny. Yeah. Okay, Ginny marries Harry. Her children are James, Albus, and Lily, obviously. Mm -hmm. Her career is that she is, she starts out as a professional player on the all-female Quidditch team, the Hollyhead Harpies. Mm -hmm. She gets together, gets back together with Harry after the war. They marry sometime in the seven years before James was born. Uh, after that, she retires to start a family, which implies to me that she had a very short Quidditch career, mm. and afterwards becomes the Daily Prophet's Quidditch correspondent. Okay. I don't love some of this. Going on to play professional Quidditch, great. Yeah, I don't love that she has to retire to start a family. Yeah. Harry can do that for her. Like, obviously, yeah. like, you know, she, she, like, I get, like, wanting to stay home with her kids for a bit because obviously, like, she's, it's her children. But, like,. Yeah, of course. Being a Quidditch athlete, yes, you'd have to train regularly, but like how often are there Quidditch matches? It's not like a nine to five every day, right? <laughs> like you I could, don't know. <laughs> I think you'd think it'd be more flexible in terms of if you have caring responsibilities. I definitely think she can take a year or two off if she wants to. Of course. all of her children are born very close together. Yeah. And then in our, like, fantasy scenario, our best scenario, Harry is a stay-at-home dad, so definitely she could stay home for that time that she wants to, in those early years and stuff. But, like, Mm -hmm. she shouldn't have to retire from her career. Like, you know. Yeah, I don't think she needs to. Yeah. And like I said, wizards are tougher and they live longer. And, like, they have kids so fucking young. It's wild to me that she has a Quidditch career that lasts, what, like five to seven years or something? Yeah. 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 That seems crazy to me. Yeah. So I do love her as, what would she be? Chaser. Chaser for the Holyhead Harpies. Mm -hmm. I want that to last a lot longer for her Mm -hmm. while Harry is doing the kid stuff. Yeah, Because also, like, Harry had no family. Ginny had a huge family with a ton of kids running around. Yeah. I'm not sure if she wants to immediately jump back into that when she's in her like early twenties. No, 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 I can see her wanting to pursue yeah. um her own ambitions and make a name for herself and have her own goals. Like, you know. Especially because she's married to the most famous man in the world. Like Exactly. <laughs> like that's gonna come with a lot of responsibilities yeah. and like shit that she has to deal with as well. She'd want her own thing and Quidditch is her thing. Yeah, I love yeah. that she has her own thing. Yeah, I love her being like a role model yeah. for young witches as, like, a famous Quidditch player. And also, like you said, getting to travel all over the world yeah. and play in games and having Harry there in the stands cheering for her. Yeah. Like, hells yeah! yeah that's exactly. what Ginny deserves. I'm also not sold on Becomes the Daily Prophet's Quidditch mm-hmm. correspondent because that, to me, speaks of JK being like, okay, I gave her this cool career, but now she has to have kids, so what can she do that's, like, stay at home, be around the kids, but still in character? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, did Ginny ever show like any interest in like reporting or journalism no. <laughs> or any of that? This is like, this is like mum, stay at home mum version of being a Quidditch star. Yeah, like, I don't love it. It's literally like Raymond's job from Everybody Lost Raymond. Like, yeah, it is. <laughs> like, if this is not Ginny. <laughs> no. So what I wanted to do, and I'm not as sold on it now because you've introduced Percy to the mix. What I wanted to do was have Ginny go and do the joke shop with George Hmm. because of all of his siblings, Ginny is the only one who can't replace Fred because she's like the only sister that George has. Hmm. So that's why I liked her doing it as opposed to any of the other brothers stepping in to manage the joke shop. Like they're... She's never going to be Fred in George's mind. Like the other brothers could slip into that role. Yeah. I, I don't love it. I, I honestly, I think I have a better mm. idea, which I came up with like two seconds ago. So I hate okay. to knock down your idea. you <laughs> have been thinking of for maybe a couple of days. Totally fine. But <laughs> <laughs> to me, the natural progression from being a sports athlete and a very successful one. And then like, you know, you've gotten on in the years and it's time to retire. The natural progression mm-hmm. for that in my eyes is becoming a coach
1: and yeah, I think she so. could either
0: become a coach to the Holyhead Harpies or if that position is already filled, I think that she has the potential and the financial position to create her own mm-hmm. team because the Holyhead Harpies that oh, as we know yes. of are the only all female team time for more. Like <laughs> <laughs> I reckon Ginny's going to be like, all right, I'm going to start my, um, my own team and we're going to have another all female team. And I want to be scouting out the talent from all across the UK. Mm-hmm. And like, I can really see that for her. Cause like she, ha- she's a great person when it comes to, um, personality and Mm -hmm. leadership and also and it's like skills gathering so I think that should be good at finding those people getting them trained up disciplining them coaching them and being the team leader I guess that is so good as as (laughs) you started talking before you got to like starting her own team I also had an idea (laughs) which was like becoming an agent for like young Quidditch players because mm. her years of experience in the Holyhead Harpies combined with her years of experience being her own celebrity and being married to the biggest mm. celebrity in the world. PR. I'm like oh she's yeah PR like she would have learned it she would be doing all that but I love starting her own team because that's that times seven. Yeah. Yeah. And it's major girl boss material. Like, you know. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Scouting scouting all the young talent, forming the team, training them, doing all the management of them, being like, okay, now we're going to go play in Australia and organizing all that shit. Like, Mm -hmm. absolutely, she can be doing all of that. Yeah, I love that for her, to be honest. That's so cool. It pairs so well with, like, everything (laughs) that she's already doing. And also, like, she'd have a lot of money that she's gathered over the years (laughs) from her athletic career, but also her partner is... Sleek Easy Potions, Millionaire. So, like, she has the financial position to do that. The expertise, the background, like, I think that that would be perfect (laughs) for her. Like, I love that as a power couple, like, Harry and Ginny are investing all of their money in jokes, ice cream, and sports. (laughs) (laughs) It's so perfect for them. Such fucking, like, dumbass jock couple energy. Like, absolutely. (laughs) I love that. And I, I just, I love the idea of, like, Ginny going around and just, like, finding all these amazing young women who are so passionate about Quidditch and just, like, mm-hmm. hearing all their stories about, like, oh, yeah, my, my dad locked me out of the Quidditch broom closet, but I always snuck, snuck in, and yes. like, it's exactly <laughs> the sort of thing that she would have heard and that she did. Like, you know, I love that for her. I <laughs> love that for her. Do we have a name for her team? Ooh. <laughs> they're they're usually named after places, right? She's notoriously bad at naming things, like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pigwidgeon, Pigwidgeon Arnold, all their children's names. <laughs> Maybe we should leave the naming of the team to Harry. or No, Harry's worse. I'm oh, God. <laughs> They're probably going to be a very badly named team, but very awesome team. Yeah. Oh, they'll probably be like the screaming Puffkins or something. <laughs> something stupid. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I love that for her. <laughs> that's oh. great. Okay. We've, okay, so that's the main trio <laughs> plus Ginny. Next up, I've got Neville. Let's look at Neville. Okay. Neville marries Hannah Abbott, has no children. Mm-hmm. As his career, he also becomes an aura for a while, which I that was so Fascinating. out of the field for me. I didn't know about that. Following the footsteps of his parents, I guess, you know? Yeah, something that we haven't touched on, but which I think a lot of people misunderstand, is Kingsley Shacklebolt said that everyone who was in the mm-hmm. DA and yeah. who fought in the Battle of Hogwarts doesn't have to finish their schooling before coming an aura. And I think a lot of people interpret that as... Like, all of the dumbass Gryffindors, Harry and his friends, just automatically become cops without any training. No. And that's not how I interpret it. It was like, okay, you didn't get your newt levels because you your school mm-hmm. was taken over by Death Eaters and there was a war. Yeah. So instead of, like, showing the newts, just show that you've trained yourself in extracurricular stuff and then you can go into Aura training and you still have to do Aura training it gets them like the interview it gets them past the interview stage and then into the training stage but I imagine if they fail that orientation and training they wouldn't be given the job yeah exactly (laughs) Exactly. exactly. it's like okay you don't have the paperwork so just demonstrate that you've got the skills which I as a member of the Order of the Phoenix know Mm. you'd have because of the DA and the war and I think that's incredibly fair that's the sort of thing that happened after like the world wars and the Vietnam War for veterans and stuff as well like yeah, they, they they got past the interview stage and into a lot of positions, and like that makes sense. Like, Extremely reasonable, very cool. Reasonable. So yeah, <clears throat> Neville became an aura, but then later ended up as a biology professor at Hogwarts. Love that for him. He is a hero to the Hogwarts students and would often tell stories of Dumbledore's army and show off his coin from the DA, which Aww. apparently everybody kept as keepsakes. That's very cool. That's sweet. He thing. lives with Hannah above the Leaky Cauldron, where Hannah works, which Amazing. makes him extremely cool among the students because he lives among the pub. He lives above the pub. <laughs> he yeah. apparently lived an extremely happy life and was the godfather to Albus Severus. Wow. I love that for him. I love yeah. that. I love that he didn't have children as well, Like, because yeah. I feel like JK would have been tempted to do that, but for some reason she didn't. And mm-hmm. but she still but she didn't write it like, oh, he had a terrible, sad life or or how or, Hannah and Neville couldn't have children. And it was a constant ache in their lives. No, it's just yeah. they just didn't have children. Fine. Good. Like normalize. It. <laughs> Not everyone needs to have children to have a happy, successful, fulfilling life. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I also love that he marries Hannah, which to me, like, we finally have proof that you don't have to be celibate to be a Hogwarts. Professor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The one evidence, the one piece of evidence we have. Wow. One of them is allowed to have a partner. We assume all the others <laughs> had to take vows of celibacy. <laughs> that's, that's great. McGonagall changed that role because she wanted to fuck. <laughs> I love, obviously, I love Neville becoming her biology professor. And this always made me think that because in the books, Minerva retires after the war, it made me think that maybe Sprout would eventually graduate to a headmaster, headmistress position. I can see that. Sprout or Flitwick, any one of them I would be happy with. Mm -hmm. But especially if Neville's in this position, eventually I could see that for Sprout as like, oh, well I'll graduate to headmistress, you know? Mm -hmm. And I love that for her. (laughs) I can see Neville eventually taking over as headmaster as well. Like if Harry doesn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Way in the future. Like when they're all white haired, you know? Yeah. Um. Like way. Yeah. When they're all old. (laughs) Yeah. what I really love for Neville is he's got a similar thing to Ron where he's spent a lot of time being ignored and overlooked Mm. and not being like the hero. And I really like that he gets to be the hero to all of the students at Hogwarts who know him as like the guy who cut the head off the snake. (laughs) That's so cool. But then also eventually that would fade like Harry's celebrity fades. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he gets to just be a normal person and live a normal life. Yeah. 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 But all the... the that students still think he's cool because he lives among the pub and he's married to like the equivalent of Madame Rosemerter, who was a knockout. Oh yeah, Hannah Abbott's a knockout, hundred percent. I do Hell love, is, yeah. I do love Hannah and Neville. I also I have a soft spot for Neville and Luna, so I I don't mind if like they're paired up together. But I really like Knockout Hannah Abbott, yeah, <laughs> as the. The owner of the Leaky Cauldron, that's great. (laughs) Yeah, I love all of this for Neville. The only thing that I would change is that I do really love Neville and Luna, Mm. and any alternate scenario where Neville and Luna end up together has absolutely got my vote as well. (laughs) Yeah, both are good. (laughs) Both are great. Perfect. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of Luna, let's talk about her. Let's talk about it. Yeah, we don't know a lot about Luna. We know that she marries Rolf Scamander, who would be Newt's Mm. grandson. Newt Scamander from Fantastic Beasts, obviously. That's cute. Her children are Lorcan and Lysander, who are twins. Great names, Luna. Well done. That's great. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. And her career is that she becomes a zoologist and discovers many new species of magical creatures all around the world. I love that for her. Love that for her. Vibe that for her. Absolutely. Yeah. That's such a great choice for Luna. Like, I was worried that JK might be like, oh, she takes up the Quebler and stuff like that. And like, Mm -hmm. sure. But I love that she goes on this own career and like... It's so specific to something that she'd be good at because Mm -hmm. she is someone who believes in things that no one else believes in. She's someone who's so, like, um, intelligent and creative and just in Mm -hmm. her own world. So I can really see her excelling in a niche academic profession like magizoology. Zoology. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's got to be such a small community, the Magi Zoologist community. And I really love Luna. The vindication of her spending her entire childhood being like, I believe in all these crazy things that nobody else believes mm, in and mm. then going out and like proving it. Yeah. Proving <laughs> it. Being a fucking girl boss. And like <laughs> Stamping her name all over everything that she discovers and being like, I was right. <laughs> it seems like a trend for most of the women, girl bosses. And then we're just happy for most of the men to just live peaceful, chill lives. <laughs> peaceful, happy part. lives. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Another thing that I really love for Luna is that, She doesn't end up with someone at Hogwarts. As much as I love her and Neville together, Mm. Luna didn't really have any friends. Everyone that she knew thought that she was crazy and excluded her and all that sort of shit. So I love her leaving that Mm -hmm. environment, growing up, being an adult, and then meeting someone who's like, holy shit, (laughs) you're great. I love you. Yeah. This woman's amazing. Yeah. Yes. And she also, I love like, we've got to assume that Rolf is kind of weird as well, because first of all, he's named Rolf. (laughs) (laughs) who is this man who named himself after golf I guess (laughs) sounds like a dog sound Rolf (laughs) who is Rolf and also we know that he's Newt's grandson and Newt's gotta have weird children because he's a weirdo so his weird children will have weird grandchildren (laughs) we know how it goes as we know genetic determinism weirdness is hereditary in Harry Potter so so I imagine that Rolf is a total fucking maniac (laughs) and Lorcan and Lysander as well (laughs) Yeah, yeah, excellent. And it's it's realistic, too. Like, the majority of people don't end up with people yes. from high school. <laughs> so it's nice to see that representation in media. <laughs> but also, like, yeah, traditionalism and all that sort of stuff aside, mm. it is absolutely a vibe that a lot of them got married and had kids really, really young because they went yeah. through an incredibly traumatic experience, a war. Yeah. The final battle of which took place at their school while they were in school. Like... Hard to find people who can relate to that experience beyond the people. Absolutely, they all fucking paired up and had kids immediately. Like, this is why we have baby boomers. (laughs) Because there was a massive war and everyone got married and had a bunch of kids really quick, because that's what you do. Yeah. This is kind of a niche reference, but the one more thing that I want to say about Lorcan and Lysander is that my absolute headcanon for them is they are exactly the same as lark and sparrow who are two twins from a podcast called dungeons and daddies and they are a pair of twins that just have extremely chaotic energy and i can absolutely see Lorcan and lysander (laughs) being the same as those two if you don't know that reference i'm not gonna explain it anymore but if you do know it like that's my vibe for them cute okay uh next up i have malfoy and then the other characters who we know less about the weasleys and everything okay cool let's go Malfoy marries Astoria Greengrass who is the younger sister of Daphne Greengrass who is a Slytherin mm-hmm. girl in Harry and M- Malfoy's year mm-hmm. uh, children, Scorpius Malfoy who we know from The Cursed Child career, not applicable <laughs> uh, he was never imprisoned and neither were his parents which is an interesting move I think mm. that they probably should have served time yeah, they did, 100% should. after the war, yeah. realised that his views on muggle-born witches and wizards were extremely flawed I should fucking Mm. think so. (laughs) Yeah. He realized that after the war. (laughs) Anyway. I think he definitely realized that during the war. Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) I just question the phrasing there after the war. He's like, Oh wait, (laughs) I was a racist. (laughs) Oh no. Uh, Yeah. That was the cause of all my problems. No, I think that moment happened when he witnessed Hermione being tortured by Bellatrix. Yeah. he was like, Oh no. Like he, he realized a lot of shit before then. But specifically yeah. the muggle-born supremacy stuff, like, that died when Hermione was screaming mm-hmm. on his drawing room floor or whatever yeah. the fuck. because it became real. Because it became real. It's like, it's, it's, it doesn't matter until it affects them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a real girl that yeah. he's known for seven years and who he knows yeah. to be a very intelligent, capable young woman being tortured mm-hmm. specifically because of her blood when Harry and Ron are also there as viable torture candidates. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think that was the moment that changed things for him. Anyway, he formed a civil relationship with Harry after Voldemort's defeat, but the two were never friends. Yeah, I think that's fair. (laughs) Fair. Fair. Look, I can ship Drarry all day, but in canon, no. They they were never friends. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that he didn't end up with Pansy. (laughs) Yeah. He ended up with someone else. That's great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Scorpius is a terrible fucking name. (laughs) (laughs) Fucked. Look, if there's one thing that unites Mm. Harry and Malfoy, it's that they can't fucking name their children for shit. No. (laughs) And in terms of no career, I imagine that he spends his entire life doing the same thing that Lucius did. Being the lord of Malfoy Manor, whatever the fuck the aristocracy does, and, like, (laughs) having a lot of money and using it to buy politicians, I guess? Yeah, yeah. I mean if his views have changed on muggle and stuff, I don't really see what more he could do in terms of influencing politics because we know the ministry is good now. Yeah. Um, there is and There is no more corruption in the ministry, so. <laughs> so, yeah, look, maybe he's just living the life of a rich guy. Like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Spending a lot of years, like, unlearning a lot of shit that he learned as a kid. And I guess maybe trying to help his parents do that as well, because they're not in prison where they should be. Spending a lot of time actually raising his son, I guess. Yeah, like, spending a lot of time with his kid. Mm. I think while Harry and Ginny are investing all of their money in like stupid shit, like Quidditch teams and stuff, <laughs> Malfoy is like quietly owning like a shitload of you know shipping businesses or whatever that bring in a lot of money, but are not like yeah silly or fun. <laughs> this is a bit of a, a, a stretch, but maybe like a nice headcanon I can think for him is like. Maybe he puts a lot of money into trying to rebuild things after the war, like give businesses those upstarts, rebuild Mm -hmm. the school quite literally and like all that sort of stuff like that. Because like that would be a good way to get out of jail for one, (laughs) but also to um, give yourself that penance and give yourself back that reputation as like, look, yeah, I fucked up. My family fucked up. Maybe we can try and help heal. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I think so. Spending a lot of time and money, like, rebuilding the reputation of his family, divorcing it from the dark arts, Yeah, and like you said, just working on rebuilding and healing and fixing all the stuff that was broken by the war. Mm. I think that's what he ends up doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Instead of Lucius buying politicians, he's, like, buying hospital wings or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. All that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Works for me. <laughs> yeah. I see a lot of because I read a lot of jury fan fiction, obviously I see mm. a lot of stuff where it's like, you know, Draco becomes an unspeakable in the department of mysteries, or he gets a job mm. as a healer. It's at Mungo's. And it's like, uh, I can a stretch, f- <laughs> I can see him doing a career type thing when he's younger after the war, like spending the mm. immediate years after the war recovering. But then if his parents aren't in jail and they're busy doing their own thing, like, spending some time being independent from them and doing his own thing for a while and trying to like mm. figure out who he is as an adult and something like a healer yeah great whatever Yeah, I can also see him getting the fuck out of the UK for a while and going somewhere else I don't think a healer is, no I don't think he has the attitude for it like he hates people nah. Like it's not a yeah. vibe <laughs> Yeah, unspeakable is more in character yeah maybe yeah mm. Uh, he fixed the magic cabinet. Like, he's obviously pretty true, good with magical true. theory. True, You're right, yeah. It did take him a year, though. Yeah. Look, <laughs> yeah. it's his first but... time. <laughs> he was 16. He was 16. And, and it's and a it was... very complex thing. And it was a very extreme situation. He was under a lot of stress. Yeah, look. <laughs> Maybe he becomes like a tinkerer, you know? One of those people that makes magical objects and artifacts. Yeah. Hmm realistically, I think he just spends his entire life being a rich person, whatever yeah. it is that rich people do drugs, I guess. Yeah. No, it's like all those videos you see where it's like, Oh, what do you do for a living? It's like, Oh, I'm rich. Yeah. I'm rich. I don't do anything. It's he's, like, a, oh. he's an influencer. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Enough of that. Let's talk about the Weasleys. Sure. So we don't have a lot of information on most of them. I'll start with George cause we have the most for him. He marries Angelina Johnson. Mm. His children are Fred and Roxanne. Mm. Uh, in terms of career, never truly got over the death of Fred. That's the first thing it says under career. Great. <laughs> Struggled to cope as the joke shop continued to grow in popularity, leading to him eventually enlisting Ron. Which, would, that only took two years, so okay. there's things to change with George. Don't love that he marries Fred's ex girlfriend. It's just bad. Like, no one, he can't get over it because he married his brother's ex-girlfriend. Yeah. And she married the person who looks and in all aspects Mm. is completely identical to her dead ex. Yeah. It's grim. It's very grim. That was a truly bizarre choice on JK's part. It was really just like, well, I've got to pair George up with someone. Who do I know? (laughs) Oh, Fred had a girlfriend, but never George. (laughs) Well, terrible. (laughs) No good. This is going to come so out of left field. I'm going to pair Fred up with someone and you're going to react to it. Pair George up with someone. George, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm going to pair George up with someone. Let me know what you think. Cho Chang. Ooh, all right. Show you're working. (laughs) Well, they both suffered trauma, like as everyone that went through the things that they went through Mm -hmm. did. I think also uh, they can bond over the fact that like, George can still provide a laugh, and I think Cho Chang needs that. Like, yeah. From what we know about her dating history, I think she could have used someone who could sympathize and empathize with her but still give her that distraction and that laugh, mm-hmm. which I think, you know, wasn't available to her. Yeah, I just think that that's a cute idea, that Cho and George end up together. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of, like, people who we see deeply deeply traumatized and affected by loss to the point Mm. at which it changes their whole personality we see Cho Chang go through that and we don't see it happen for George because obviously the book ends but I imagine it was like the loss of his brother it says it right there never truly got over the death of Fred of course he did he was part of a whole like he was never his own person without Fred they were never apart their entire lives it would never be the same never be the same I think a much better way to heal from that would be to take steps to, you know, move on. Distance yourself. Distance yourself. Like, obviously, if Percy helps him out in the shop, that's a very different person from Fred. Mm -hmm. But he's still there to support the business and that's good. And then if he marries someone who's not his brother's ex-girlfriend, I think that would be good for him as well. Yeah, I think so too. I think he needs someone very, very different from Angelina, who he spent a lot of time with on the Quidditch team and was very close with Fred. Like, I think he needs to be with someone who is not going to be constantly thinking of him as an Mm -hmm. extension of Fred. Exactly. Yeah. And like, you know, they both have the shared, like, they both play Quidditch. Mm -hmm. Like, that's something that they can bond over as well. Yeah. Like... Love equity. I can see Fred being like, oh, my sister's competing in Nigeria. Do you want to come next weekend? And Show's like, yes, I would love to see that. Like, that's a great idea. Like, you
1: know. And also, like, they were
0: both (laughs) in the DA and both went through the battle. Like, they went through a lot, not together, but they went through a lot of the same stuff, which means they can understand each other. Yeah, I like that for them. I like that for them. I'm picturing several extremely, extremely (laughs) awkward family (laughs) dinners. Yeah. Harry and Ginny do not approve of Fred's new girlfriend. Ginny, especially. Like, I think Harry would be, like, a bit uncomfortable and awkward with it, but we'd try and be, like, nice about it and try and be supportive and just, like, yeah. But I think Ginny would be kind of gross about it at first. Yeah. I think so. Ginny's going to be extremely toxic. Like, Mrs. Weasley sending Hermione the terrible small egg because she read rumors about her in the paper. Like, that's the vibe that Ginny's giving Cho at first. Yeah. And I think how Harry deals with it depends on when it happens. Because I don't think George is really up for dating immediately post-battle. No, so it's going to no. be several I think, years. I can see it like a decade after the battle ends. Like, Yes, absolutely. Cho and George reconnect somehow. I don't know. Maybe even like... Later than that, like Cho becomes like a single mom, comes to the joke shop with her kid. Yeah, I like that. Like, you know, sparks fly. Like Yeah, I like that. I, I really like that. George not settling down and having kids immediately because while the others yeah. are ready to move on from what happened and like grow and form a new life, he isn't for a long, long He's time. Not. no. And so he just sort of pours himself into his business with Percy, rekindling that brotherly mm-hmm. relationship with Percy as well. And then, yeah, years pass, Cho comes in with, like, a very young kid. Not, like, an older kid. Like, maybe she's, mm. like, like you know, she's got a daughter who's, like, four or five. Yes. You know? That sort of vibe. Sparks fly. Their eyes meet over the counter. I don't know. Something happens. <laughs> you guys are at the fanfics. Go on. <laughs> I actually love that. I love that for George. That's great for yeah. him. I know, it's sweet, isn't it? I love I'm him. I'm really proud of myself for that. Yeah, well done, you did it. <laughs> Spending a long time on his own, like a decade or more on his own, I think yeah. is great for him. Well, he has no choice.
1: <laughs> it's he has just, to it's learn what's happening. To
0: deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> Learning how to be on his own before connecting with someone and then stepping into Mm -hmm. a role where he gets to be a stepdad and he gets to be the fun silly parent for a while yeah. before then having a child of his own and having to be like okay now I've got to be serious parent as well as silly parent and yeah yeah. I love that mixed family with Cho (laughs) fuck yes this is great Jem you knocked it out of the park (laughs) I did it you did it (laughs) you know maybe they have another kid once they're married or before then I don't know like you guys work with it you've got the seeds (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, I yeah. I cannot fucking get over like Ginny and Cho eventually are going to have to work through their shit and it will be mm. easier because they're older and everything's fine <laughs> Ginny's going to be less insecure and you know it's been years yeah. it's been so many years like I think maybe they'll even like have like a couple of the first times that they meet as couples will be awkward. awkward but then they'll actually just sit down and talk it out and be like you know what this is so dumb and it's so funny yeah all the shit that happened all those years ago yeah and they'll actually become kind of besties. I love that for them. Oh, I think they will. Um, they'll become best friends yeah. because they'll bond over Quidditch. Because when yeah. this is happening, Ginny will still be in her professional Quidditch days, according to us. Yes. And let's yeah. give Cho Ginny's job as Quidditch reporter. <laughs> that's what she can yeah. be doing at her time. Yes, that's what she's doing. Oh, this yes. is great. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. They become besties. They can go on double dates. Love it. It's yeah. great. <laughs> this is really nice. Oh, I love it. Cool. I want to read the fanfic now. Someone write it and send it to me. Yeah. You. <laughs> also, I really love that you put Percy in the joke shop because now Ginny doesn't have to work in the joke shop. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that for her. No. Yeah. She's got she's got higher horizons to head for, you know? Fair enough. You're right. I was wrong. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll skim over Percy because Percy becomes an official at the ministry. No, he doesn't. He works at the joke shop with George. No. He works at the joke shop. <laughs> Marries a woman named Audrey and has two daughters, Molly and Lucy. Oh, that's sweet. I like that. Yeah, I love that Molly got a shout out in her grandchildren. Good, actually, <laughs> it's should. what she deserves. <laughs> oh, sorry. We should step back to Fred and Roxanne. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I still see George if he has a ha- if he ever has a son, naming him after Fred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd even prefer, like, if he has a daughter and names are, like, Francis or Frederica or something like that. Some sort of yeah. homage. Freddie. Yeah, Freddie. That's a that's a girl's name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So Cho has her daughter who's, like, five or whatever. And then a couple of years after that, they have another daughter with a big, big age gap with her older sister. And mm-hmm. it's, like, let's say Roxanne, whatever. It's yeah. Roxanne and Freddie. Yeah. They're two daughters. Yeah. I actually she- love that. I think that's great. <laughs> Yeah, because I, George, like, he's definitely going to name one of his kids after Fred. It's just going to yeah. happen. Like, I don't love it for him, but that's what he's doing. Yeah. And then, you know, like, Percy comes out when he's working at the shop and um, <laughs> he finds himself a nice boyfriend. Hells yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's probably Ernie McMillan or something. I don't know. <laughs> the, the fucking psychopath, according to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, not this universe. Not this warm, fuzzy fanfic yeah. universe. Bill <laughs> and Fleur. Uh, obviously, they marry each other because that happens in the series. Yeah, they have a sense. daughter born on the anniversary of the Battle of Hogwarts, and they name her Victoria? Victory, French for victory, Victory, whatever. Yeah. She, I think, ends up getting together with Teddy. Mm. They mm-hmm. also have two other children, Louis or Louis and Dominique. Yeah, I don't like Teddy and Victoria. It feels like cousins. It's gross. Yeah, it is a bit close to cousins, I guess. Although, mm, Then, mm, he he gets he gets raised by his grandmother, who yeah. is what Andromeda I don't know and he just spends a lot of time with Harry when he's growing up, and then victory would have been born like maybe a year or two after on the Battle of mm. Hogwarts, so there's it's like a bit too close for comfort like, yeah I can very much see them like playing together as children and mm. then ending up together as adults. Mm. It's a bit mm, yeah, it's a little bit too close for me, I don't love it. But I'm also not, like, I'm not going to throw a tantrum over it or whatever. It's fine. No, we don't know their story, you know. Yeah. Maybe they never really caught up as kids. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. (laughs) It depends on how many Weasley family events Teddy was invited to growing up, for me. Which I imagine he would have been invited to a lot because, of course, no one wants to leave him out and they will all love him. Yeah, of course. Yeah, seems to me a bit too cosy for my liking. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, mm. whatever, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> whatever, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really care. I have no strong feelings. <laughs> There's nothing there that I really change. I think Bill still spends all of his time as a curse breaker, and Fleur still works at Gringotts. Like, I don't imagine that their careers change. They were kind mm-hmm. of settled and already adults when the series was going on, so I don't feel yeah. the need to rewrite their story yeah they're fine Uh, Charlie never married because he was always more interested in dragons fuck yeah give us that Arrow Ace rep Charlie (laughs) excellent (laughs) he just spends his entire life with dragons and then I guess retires and starts raising his own dragons fuck yeah amazing (laughs) perfect Uh, all I know about Mr. Weasley is that he fixed Sirius's motorcycle and gave it to Harry (laughs) (laughs) oh that's sweet harry gets to be a cool motorcycle dad (laughs) motorcycle dad at the ice cream shop and the fucking like (laughs) with his three children in the (laughs) sidecar oh that's so cool hell's yes (laughs) and his awesome athlete wife (laughs) yeah he's living his best goddamn life it's so cool that voldemort died like an idiot and then harry got to live forever and be great (laughs) uh don't know anything about molly (laughs) No information. (laughs) I like to think that she put her feet up and relaxed for the rest of her life. That's what I like to think. Hells yeah. You know, she mourned, obviously, after the war. She mourned for a long time. She probably never stops mourning. Mm -hmm. But I like to think that her children are all out of the house. Arthur eventually sort of retires after a couple more years in the ministry, once it's all cleaned up. And then I think that they just have a nice little retirement and they... Inherit a lot of the wealth from their children's amazing careers. Yeah, <laughs> so I love that for them. Yeah, a lot of their children go out and have very high earning careers, and I think support their parents into their old age. Yeah, because that's what course. you do when you've got a big family. And every Christmas, they have every single person in the family over, for a and like massive all the grown kids are running around and causing a mess, and it's just insane. Of and course, I think they love it. The big, crazy, um, chaotic family Christmases, absolutely. Yeah. This is an extremely niche reference in the sense that only you, Jem, will understand what I'm talking about. So listeners, don't worry. This isn't about you. Just tune out. So our real-life cousin has just had a real-life baby. And the way that our real-life aunt, for listeners, the one who was born with an extra finger and I found out about it on podcast. (laughs) Our main aunt, the freak. The way that she has retired and immediately reshaped her entire life around being a grandmother and being obsessed with her daughter's brand new baby. That's the vibe that I'm getting for Mrs. Weasley when all of her kids start having kids. Yeah. Like as soon as they start yeah. having kids, it's like I am no longer a mother, I no longer care about you guys. Now I am a <laughs> grandmother <laughs> Yeah. Presents uh-huh. every week. Updates, just photographs, like it's it's the whole shebang and I love it. Tearing that. down all of my children's bedrooms and turning them all into nurseries (laughs) oh maybe except Fred's bedroom oh yeah of course yeah 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 but yeah like the way that our aunt now has an entire room in her house where where our cousin does not live she has her own house an entire room in her house that is a nursery for a child that does not live there (laughs) that's the vibe yeah perfect perfect (laughs) Okay, just some other quick things. So Cho Chang married a muggle. No, she didn't. She had a child with a muggle and then <laughs> they parted ways amicably and then she later ended up with George Weasley. Perfect. Yes. Gilderoy Probably. Lockhart never recovered. I love that for him. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I think he continued to write books, but they were increasingly incoherent. <laughs> oh, no. Umbridge was arrested, interrogated, and imprisoned for crimes against muggle-borns. She died alone and unloved in Azkaban. Perfect. Good. (laughs) That's how that went. Alice and Frank Longbottom never recovered. I agree with this, but I think it's controversial. A lot of people think that they did heal and they got better, and Neville was, in fact, the one who fixed them with some sort of miracle herbology cure. No, I I, I disagree. Like, I think it's very sad, but it's very realistic that, you know... If, it, if they hadn't have had any progress in the 17 years that we saw Neville growing up with them, like, I don't think it's realistic that they're ever going to recover. Yeah. I think, look, not everything can be healed and fixed. Some things are yeah. just broken forever. Not everyone comes back. Yeah. Yeah. That's there are some wounds he- that can never be healed. It's it's Lord of the Rings, you know? You yeah. have to go to the Great Havens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think they never recover. Hagrid, continued to work at Hogwarts as Care of Magical Creature professor, never married, lived to a good age. I don't like that he never married. I think he would have found someone. Yeah, I want him to find someone. It kind of sucks that he spends his entire life lonely, effectively. Like, he's got friends and he, you know, he connects with Harry and Ron and Hermione and I'm sure he connects with many students in his time as Care of Magical Creatures professor. But it sucks Mm. that he spent like 50 years accused of a crime that he never committed and never got to be a real wizard and barely got to be like respected as an adult. And then also alone with only his dog and his creature for company. Like, yeah. Like find someone cool who loves insane animals and thinks that he's (laughs) great and cooks for him because he's a terrible cook. (laughs) Yeah. Like, obviously it's not going to be Madame Maxine. She's a classy lady. She's not going to be doing all this sort of stuff, but yeah I I like the idea that Hagrid found someone just invent an OC for him you know yeah it's good Uh, gotta be someone who like vibes with living in a hut on school grounds and like spending a lot of time in a forest with a bunch of crazy animals and stuff like that's gotta be she's gotta be like a crunchy lady (laughs) yeah Yeah. I don't know if they have kids though probably not (laughs) (laughs) look you never know. <laughs> you never know. Maybe. Ooh, actually. Hmm. Sorry. Now I'm just head cannoning away. That doesn't <laughs> quite work because of Neville. So he said that McGonagall steps down as headmistress and then maybe Sprout took over. And I'm like, maybe there's a herbology professor that Hagrid ends up hooking up with, but then Neville is the next herbology professor. So that doesn't work. Damn. I was so close. <laughs> yeah. Look, I mean, whatever Flipper could retire at some point. Like he's done a lot of service. Mm. Like I often think about, you know, the professors that went through all that shit like in the series, like they would yeah. probably want to retire it pretty fast. But I think like, I can imagine Sprout staying around to become mm. headmistress, but Flitwick might be like, yeah, no, I'm done. And they bring mm-hmm. in a new Charles Professor. Or maybe someone who lives at Hogsmeade. Like, doesn't have to be another yeah. Professor. The yeah. same sort of vibe as Neville where he's married to the hot barmaid. <laughs> yeah, I love that for Hagrid, actually. Someone takes over the Hogshead when Aberforth dies and, like, redoes it. So it's not disgusting. Yeah. Like <laughs> makes it nice but nice for adults because a lot yeah. of the businesses in Hogsmeade cater to the younger crowd because they're right next to Hogwarts this is yeah. a place where it's like no underage people this is for adults but it's nice yeah and also ghouls and creatures yeah. welcome like we, we, we welcome everyone here and it's very adult mm-hmm. scene like you know like a smoking bar you can smoke at the bar <laughs> yeah you can you can get a nice meal and you can play a gambling game <laughs> Yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love That's that. That's the vibe there. Yeah. And someone who works there or who owns the place or whatever and is like, fuck yeah, it's so cool that you brought some kind of horrible snake thing in the pocket of your coat. Please show <laughs> it to me. I love this guy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. I love this for Hagrid. Perfect. Actually, <laughs> let's think up a story. So, like, someone comes... <laughs> I love that you started out being like, make it, make it OC. Do it yourself, listeners. But now it's like, no. <laughs> now now, now we're invested. So, like what will happen is someone comes to the hog's head and they claim to have some sort of like magical creature in their pocket or some sort of egg Mm -hmm. or something, but they're lying. And like the people that have really invested in this is Hagrid who maybe bought it for like a, quite a reasonable Uh sum, like maybe an exorbitant sum. And the person who was like, at the bar during the deal and doesn't want any shady business going on their bar Mm -hmm. like doesn't want someone being swindled right so they sort of get into this but their heart goes out to the egg and the creature inside of it and they want it to be raised by a good person like Hagrid so they're like oh no conflicted yeah oh no I was thinking more like like Hagrid was given a chicken egg or something like he was swindled yeah that's what I'm thinking yeah. as well so Hagrid has this yeah. chicken now but also the person who was at the bar who saw this all go down and was there like facilitating the transaction by giving them like drinks and all this sort of stuff is like you know what mm-hmm. this was wrong I don't want any like swindling going on in my business we're gonna find this guy together we're gonna track them down oh. and make sure that they reimburse you or that you actually find the creature that you <laughs> wanted you know like that's the sort of vibe mm-hmm. I was picturing you know love that Because Hagrid wouldn't have the confidence to go after someone like himself, but he needs that person to give him that push. Like, no, you deserve better. Like, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So just some other things about Hogwarts. Minerva became headmistress, and then we imagine retired. I don't think immediately after the war, probably she oversaw the castle being rebuilt and everything... Like, made sure everything was back yeah. to the way that it should be, and then served a few years and then was like, actually, I'm out. <laughs> I think, like, literally she made sure everything was back into working order, got rid of the house system, and then retired. That's what I like to imagine for her. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, probab- I don't imagine she gets rid of the house system and then immediately retires. Like, gets rid of the house system, makes sure that everything's working perfectly, and then is like, everything's great, we're all running smoothly, I'm out. Yeah, peace. Bye. Yeah. Harry made sure Snape's portrait was hung in the headmaster's office. But he never spoke to it. Whatever. Neville's taking that down. Neville's taking that down. Neville takes it down. I love that.
1: (laughs) Hides it behind some sort of
0: broom closet or something. (laughs) Hells yeah. I was so torn on whether Harry should be headmaster or Neville should. And now I'm committed to it being Neville. Oh, absolutely. Especially if Harry's like, in his later life, becomes defense against dark arts teacher. Neville graduates to headmaster and takes that shit down. He's like, nah, bye. Bye. Yeah, I I love Neville and Harry being co-workers for a while, but Neville's Mm. been there for a lot longer. And Neville's the boss. (laughs) Yeah, and when the headmaster position rolls around, it's like oh, well, Harry will take it, obviously, because he's the boy who lived, but he's kind of like, I'm sick of being in charge of things. No, no. I I just want to vibe with my children. I don't want to manage everyone. I want to be a teacher. And Mm. Neville's like, my time to shine. I'll be headmaster. And the first thing he does is take down Snape's portrait. (laughs) And he and Harry have many bitter arguments about it, but he's like, Harry, he tried to poison my frog in front of me. (laughs) Fuck this. No, I'm not having him hovering over me, insulting me all day. (laughs) Harry, at the end of the day, who's headmaster? Yeah, Yeah. that's what I thought. (laughs) Back to work, Potter. (laughs) If you talk to me about this again, you're fired. (laughs) I love that for him. Snape's portrait gets stuck in a fucking closet somewhere. And doesn't go back up while Neville is headmaster. (laughs) If you love the portrait so much, Harry, put it up in your own fucking office. It's not going in mine. (laughs) Yes, and then Harry immediately backs down because he's like, he doesn't want the portrait in his office. (laughs) He just wants it up in the headmaster's office. And Neville's like, you don't have to sit in the headmaster's office all day. (laughs) While it's up there being like, fuck you, (laughs) longbottom. Yeah. Yeah, no good. Perfect. Love that. They probably do a compromise and hang it up in the Slytherin common yeah, room. Yeah, I think I that's like probably it. a good compromise. It Fair yeah. Compromise. It's the Slytherins have yeah. to deal with it. <laughs> 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 oh, except the house system's abolished. Whatever. Yeah. I'm I'm sure the common Whatever. room still exists. Hang it up in the potions Ugh. classroom. No, that's worse. The, the potions headmaster's getting a fucking ring through. There's no good solution. Broom, Broom closet, closet it, is. it is. Fuck it. So he can still If it's in the building, he can still visit other places go, yeah. and other people can visit him. Mm. He and Dumbledore trapped together forever in this liminal space that they've created. Fuck yeah. yeah. It's what they deserve. <laughs> Forensis, welcome back to the herd. Perfect. Curse on the DADA position oh, nice. broken. We know that because Harry's working in it. Cool. I think that was everything. Oh, the only other thing that I had was Dementor is no longer used by the Ministry because Kingsley Shacklebolt is the Minister of Magic and he fixed everything. Whatever. Who gives Mm -hmm. gives a shit? (laughs) Reforming Azkaban would be an episode on its own, and we don't have the time for that. Yeah. So, I love that we fixed so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Everything is wrapped up in a nice little package then. (laughs) (laughs) I love that of everything, like, the only one that we didn't really feel the need to mess with at all was Hermione. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we did very little yeah. with her. Like, I think she's, she's fine. fine. Like, yeah. we built on the others in interesting ways. Like, even with Neville, where we just promoted mm. him to headmaster, and we completely rewrote Harry, Ginny, and George, <laughs> and Ron, brother. and Percy, <laughs> and yeah. Percy. But for Hermione, it's yeah. just like, yeah, what? She's girl bossing. <laughs> what do you need? <laughs> of course, next minister of yeah, magic. Nothing yeah, more to say. Yeah. Oh, I think. Oh, I yeah. skipped one thing, which was that Luna. I think ends up being the godmother of. Lily Luna. Okay. Mm. Interesting choice when Fleur and stuff are right there, you know, more closer to the family. But, yeah. Uh, but oh well. She's named after Luna, whatever. Oh well. <laughs> okay. Any other final thoughts on things that happen after the Harry Potter series ends? No. I mean, we've talked a lot about the muggle worlds and the separation of muggle and magical, but I think yeah. that's not even, I'm not interested in that. I'm looking at the characters and the immediate changes. And I think obviously there's major government reform, it's nice that the prison system is abolished as it exists. I think you know everyone who was a Death Eater should have gone to jail, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, but obviously trials and then jail periods depending on the you know yeah. severity of their crimes and how old they were. I get it. Yeah, I would. I'd make yeah. like some ex- exceptions for people who were underage when they were initiated into the Death yeah. Eaters, but even still, there should be some sort of punishment. Like, I don't think Draco gets off scot free with nothing happening to him. No. And now that there's no Dementors, it's not, like, a life sentence, yeah. you know? Like, you can send someone to jail for a year or two, they do their time, they serve their punishment, and I'm hoping, like, with the reform in the jail in the system, like, it actually is, a, like, a, like, you can recover yeah. from that, like, you know? <laughs> like, it's fine. Uh, You're not condemned else? to a prison of your own mind, it's just, like, an actual yeah. prison, like, in the Muggle world, where you can go to prison and serve time and then be released, and theoretically... Rejoin society be and be fine. I know, yeah. look, I'm stepping onto a whole massive issue there, but theoretically, it should be mm. fine. I mean, this is a theoretical future where the government isn't corrupt anymore, so maybe they're making the prison system not corrupt and fucked yeah. up either. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. We we can't start talking about the prison system. <laughs> it, yeah, it's too much. It's too much. How do you imprison magic people when they can teleport? <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. So, um, yeah, I think obviously like you said we did a lot better with some of these characters in terms of their their love lives and their career development so mm-hmm. yeah we did it we fixed it hey. <laughs> what if you put more thought into it other than who does everybody marry and what do they name their children <laughs> and it's the worst names you've ever heard yeah. for rose and hugo which is fine they're normal rose things. and hugo are good everybody else go back to the drawing board except for molly yeah. i like molly as well that's a nice one. Yeah. yeah. And I like that Percy, the most responsible of all the children, was the only one to be like, hmm, <laughs> we should honor our mother <laughs> for whom <laughs> who has done everything for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've been Gem, and please send me your Cho Chang slash George Weasley fanfics, along with your Hagrid slash OC fanfics, <laughs> and your Percy coming out as a gay business owner fanfics. Thank you. <laughs> I've been Rhea, and my one headcanon that I will fucking die over is that Alba Severus comes out as trans and changes her name to Ruby after Rubius, Excellent. Because Alba Severus is a fucking stupid name. <laughs> <laughs> Love that for her. Love that for her. It's what she deserves. Bye, listeners. Bye! <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you want to support us or get in touch, the links to our social media and Patreon are in the show notes please feel free to send us so many messages that we go mad and run away to a hut on a rock in the middle of the sea just to avoid them. You'll hear from us again in two weeks time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.